as antivirus beeps and boops show up on the audio. I don't know if you can hear them or not on the audio. You forgot to turn it off. Antivirus software? Why would I not? No, the volume. You're nuts. You got to have the antivirus software going at all times. Oh, yeah, but you can Otherwise, you get a virus. Hey, but you can shut the volume off the computer. Listen. Enough. Good? Fine. Great. All right. Do you want to use this intro? <laughs> this I think we should. <laughs> Fine. I'm not editing it because I still got music going in the background, there too. There you go. Okay, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Homewrecker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Hello. So tell us about your thoughts on antivirus software. Go. <laughs> it, it's antivirus. Right. I, how are you doing this week? <laughs> You realize the ridiculousness of that? I have nothing to say. You do yeah. all the computer stuff. You don't really let me do computer stuff. What can be? Uh, you handle the computer okay. things. I oh. use the computer, but you take care of all that stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. I try to be on top of these kind of things, but so my thoughts on antivirus this are technology irrelevant. and things changes so rapidly now. I something I learned today is insignificant an hour from now, so doesn't possibly, matter. Possibly. Yeah. Well, what's new with you? How are you doing? I'm wonderful, thank you. I'm Great. really excited. Uh, last week, we had our friend Karen Rontowski on our show. It was a good time. Yes, and she is such a sweetheart that she sent us presents. Oh, really? Yeah. She sent us each her reusable straws, and I'm holding it up if you're watching. And it's like this awesome little case with a keychain, and you pop it open. I, I was pulling the wrong way and it has a reusable straw that it's like all wound up and then it just goes in there so if you need a straw you have one especially now where they're, some places have like what, what are they paper, paper straws, straws or something? so you take a few sips and then it like oh, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. gets all wet and gross sinks into itself and doesn't, and yeah. doesn't work but yeah the, no when, when i saw this i'm like that is like because she always talks about it on her yeah. show and stuff and when i saw it I was like that is a really neat idea right like whoever it's very you know, clever it's, yeah it's really really great idea yes. so yes yeah, and very, then very cool. she sent us her shungite stickers these you put on the back of your cell phone and it helps protect um from the emf the radiation uh yeah so you stick it on and you don't it, even have to stick it on That's yeah the, you can just put it like you can between just put the it like in between the, the case and the phone and yeah. it does the exact same thing then you can have it for mm-hmm as long as you need it. And then you can tell everyone how much you love her podcast, too. Yeah. So if you go to her website, KarenRontowski.com or ParanormalKaren.com, you can buy those items, too. Yes, you can. Yes, support awesome people. Cool. Why don't you explain what the significance of having a Shungite sticker is? What What does it do? So I'm just looking right now as the background is, is blowing like crazy. Yes. Because it's hot. And if so we, we put we our have, AC on. We have a fan going. So anybody watching, well, if the, if you notice that it's, I can't even really tell if you can see it or not. Oh, you kind of, yeah, yeah, you can notice it a bit. Anyway. It's like a flag waving in the It's really distracting me. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, anyway, back, back to Shungite. Go. So Shungite came from a meteorite in Russia. So some people might try to sell fake Shungite. Uh, it can only what come does it from do? Russia. I'm getting there. It has been tested. It can block radiation. So you have radiation from everyday things you use. You have your microwave, your radio, your TV, your Wi-Fi, your cell phone. All of those things emit a type of radiation through these little frequencies that we cannot see. And Shungite blocks it. EMF. Yes. Electromagnetic yep. frequencies. It blocks the EMF. So it actually protects you. So you hear all the time, especially with your cell phone, people are getting cancer. A lot of women, when they like put it in their pocket, wherever they have it, they get cancer there. It even happens they see like the hot spot when you hold the phone up to your ear for so long. So that helps 
protect you. So it's definitely worth it. It's not, we're not saying it's going to completely protect you, but it helps to mitigate the effects of it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I personally, when I go to sleep at night, I just put my phone in airplane mode or I turn it off completely and it's always at least three feet away from me. I don't sleep with it right next to my head or anything. So that's another thing people can do because I think a lot of that stuff, when people go to bed, they're always so close to their phone. Yeah. So that's just a good habit, of, I, in my view, to, to get into. Just keep it at least three feet away from you yeah. if you don't want to shut it off or put yeah. it in airplane mode. Especially a lot of people, if you only have a cell phone and if somebody were to call you in the middle of the night for something, you want to get the call. But you can keep it further yeah. away. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the importance of the shungite. I've got this, like, cool shungite yep, bracelet that I wear. And, and I like it's kind of it's just kind of cool. And I never thought I'd say, oh, I'm wearing a bracelet. But yeah, it's it's a it's a neat little thing, and also for the same purpose, just to mm-hmm. try to give you a little bit of shield from all this radiation that you're walking around in. As my wife destroys the microphone, I just bumps bumped it, it with my chin. Well, because you tell me to get close, yeah. and I did, and that's what happens. Yeah, get a little bit closer. Speaking of, mm. I think we should start a new weekly segment. How yeah. did Monique hurt herself this week? <sighs> Yeah, well, why don't we do that? Go for it. Why don't you t- list the, all the ways this past couple of days that you've done that? Just go ahead. Entertain everyone. With, with that. Well, one of my <laughs> injuries, because there's kind of a list over the past like week or two. Um, you know, like the spice bottles, the glass bottles, you get like herbs and spices in, and it has that little plastic thing on the top with the hole so you can shake it out. Well, we had a bottle that was empty. We wanted to reuse it. So I was washing it and I went to go take the plastic top piece off and I was using my nail and I accidentally like the plastic sliced between the side of my index finger nail and the skin. So it kind of slid between the nail and the, and the skin and it really hurt. So if it, what I imagine bamboo shoots under your nail might feel like just that separating and tearing between the two. It was very ouchy. And it bled. Yeah. I also jammed my toe really good. I thought I broke it. Not, I was, it was kind of your fault because I was paying attention to you. It was my fault that you broke your well, jam. Well, because I was toe. leaving the kitchen, going to the living room, and I was looking at you. Sorry, that was me testing my mic. For some reason, I couldn't hear myself. Weird. Okay, I'm not editing that. Okay, so I was walking, and we have this bench that we use as a toy box, too. And I was looking at Alex because I was paying attention to what he said. I wasn't watching where I was going, and I walk really fast. So, boom, like the edge of um, the toy box, like my toe just like hit it, and it jammed my toe pretty good. And that's my fault. Well, I'm just saying because I was paying attention to you. I wasn't watching where I was going. Right. So it's my fault, but it's kind of your fault too, because you're so interesting. Was that it, or I mean, it was more than two. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The, the only reason I, why I'm against this, I burn myself again. again. Yeah, this is why I'm against this because now I feel like you're going to subconsciously start hurting yourself, so you have something to talk about I on the don't. podcast. I don't. I it just it's happens ridiculous. all the time. I I'm just I'm as graceful as a rhino. I'm not, I trip over my own feet. Speaking of tripping, I want to bring up something that happened earlier today during my walk in the cemetery. Please go for it. As our listeners know, what do we hate? When people bring their dogs in the cemetery and especially when they're not on a leash. Yeah. Leash your pet. It's not, it's not hard to do. I start walking and... There's a guy and he has two dogs, a big black lab and a small, from where I was, it looked maybe like a small Bichon, a little white dog or a Bichon mix. And they're off leash. They're over and apart. That's kind of a field. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to sort of avoid him. So the path I take, I take a left turn and I notice that he was walking that way too from where he was. So I'm like, okay, I see the dogs running towards me. Now, I love dogs. But it's the principle that this guy should not have his dogs off leash in a cemetery where it has signs everywhere, no dogs allowed. The big black lab runs up to me, starts like running around me. And I'm like, hey, buddy, trying to be nice. And the dog, his like leg got 
kind of tangled up with mine as I was lifting my foot to take the next step and he tripped me. <laughs> and I, I didn't fall on my face. I caught myself. But the guy was saying something, but I was listening to a podcast, actually Paranormal Karen podcast. And I couldn't really hear him, but I just shot him the dirtiest look. I smiled at the dog because it's not the dog's fault. And I felt really bad because not that I gave him a dirty look, but I felt like I should have pet the dog and let him know, like, you're a good dog. But I didn't. So I didn't want the dog to pick up on that negative energy. I wanted it to go all to his owner. Okay. That's great. I just look at it like, what if I'm deathly afraid of dogs? What if I've been attacked by dogs before? What if, you know, I did trip and fall and got hurt because his dog ran in front of me while I was walking? All things can happen. Put your dog on a leash. And if it's a sign that says no dogs allowed, don't bring your dog. I love dogs. But you have to be a responsible pet owner. And that's my PSA for the day. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was yeah. that was fantastic. Thank you. What the whole time you were talking, I was met my. This is crazy. I'm really I'm 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 going to apologize because all I'm hearing now is static. Hmm. I don't know if that's picking up on the recording or not. Yeah, my mic is just kind of cutting in and out, so I apologize. I was messing with my volume a little bit to try to hear it. Now all of a sudden, really loud. So is it good now? It's it's yeah, it's good now. It, okay. But yeah, it was just strange before when I was talking to you, it just kind of went out. Well, I saw that you were playing with it. I thought, I'll just keep talking while you figure that out. Oh, oh is that it? You were purposely talking? No, I just figured I'm going <laughs> to keep going. Just for it's that. a long enough story where you should be able to figure yeah, it yeah. out or not. Yeah, no, that was well done. See, teamwork. Look at you. Yeah. Check you out. I know you like to check me out. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank goodness. Yes. So recently, we, we, we've been watching a lot of TV lately. But, you know, anybody that's listening to us for a long time knows I'm not a big TV guy. We got rid of cable a while back. But for some reason lately, I don't know what it is, but in the evening, I just like to kind of sit from like five on because I stand most of the day. Mm-hmm. I have to just... You literally stand like all day. Yes, and so I, I've just been really, really exhausted lately. I don't know if it's the weather or what. Who knows? And so we've just been watching a lot of TV, movies, and shows that we have and stuff like that. Not actual like broadcast television. Yeah, none we don't that, have cable. None of that nonsense. So we watched, and we got the WWE Network again after not having it for a while. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna cancel it now again because I don't really know. Well, what we else got it for worth, WrestleMania. What else is worth watching? Yeah, we got it for WrestleMania and then hung on to it because they had that Undertaker show yes, on that the documentary. Last ride. Yes, mm-hmm. and so that seemed really interesting. We watched. There was another documentary we watched with uh, Edge. I can't remember what it was called. It was yeah. like his kind of like road back yeah. to wrestling after being off for nine years. And so, yeah, I, we, <laughs> damn WWE's kept us in this. Because it's it's like a five-part documentary, right? Mm-hmm. And the first part comes out, I think, was it the night after WrestleMania or the night of WrestleMania? I can't remember. It was like right around WrestleMania, I think, was part one of it. Because it was a Sunday, so I think it was after WrestleMania. Or no, it, uh, no, I'm sorry. It no. wasn't even after... Uh, was it Money in the Bank? It, it may have been because it was. they did like a teaser, like a 10-minute teaser of the first episode. And, mm-hmm. so the, and then they're like coming whatever day it was. So, yes, yeah, so it was a couple weeks after us. Me, so it was like, oh, that looks awesome. We got to watch that. Damn it. it means we got to keep this stupid network for another month. And then they dragged it out. Instead of having it be five weeks in a row, they made us wait, what, another two or three weeks? Yeah, it was like two weeks. So it was two, you had to wait two weeks and then get the last two episodes. Like it's every week. So. Yeah, so they staggered the release. Those jerks, those ingenious. So clever on their part, but so annoying on ours. Jerks that made us wait, Mm -hmm. yeah, and kept us sucked into the WWE Network for another month. But in that time, yeah, so we we started watching those uh, documentaries. Really, really good show. We'll talk a little bit about it. And we've been watching a lot of movies, too. Yeah. Just different movies. Nothing really new, just because the news, nothing new that's come out in my view is any 
of any substance or any good. Anything like after 2015, I feel like is just junk. What was the movie that we tried to watch? Do you remember the name of it? We were we were like, oh, this doesn't look very good. I can't remember it, and it would have been a per- it would have been a perfect thing to probably do a show on. We probably could have. That was our goal. We're gonna watch all this. over this movie for the entire hour long podcast, but we we couldn't even get through. What would we get? Twelve minutes in. Was it that? It, it was. It was yeah, so it was, bad. It wasn't. It wasn't for it very long. It was about long. Bigfoot. Well, we think we we didn't we watch didn't, it. Yeah, we didn't get through the first. But it's supposed to be minutes. about Bigfoot. But it's like the opening scene. I'm watching it, thinking, okay, so I want all these people to die. Nobody's likable. Yeah, and I, yeah, they were just really. An, I don't know what it was. It, it really just. It was one of those like found footage movies. Yeah. So you know, it's like one of the people's filming everything on a camcorder or whatever it was. So it was one of those type of deals and. I don't mind those as much as you do. I, I'm not like a huge fan of them, but I don't mind them. Like I know you hate them. You can't stand them. It's not them. that I hate them. You it's hate them. Just I like the Blair Witch Project. It worked. Paranormal Activity. But there's some if the camera's too shaky. Yeah, you don't like that, and that's fine. I get it. I understand. So you're not a fan of them. I don't mind them, but I'm not a huge fan. I'm not like a big supporter of them or anything. So it wasn't like the camera work. I'm not going to say that that's what annoyed me. No. Nope. It was just something about it. I don't know if it was the way they were talking. They The characters were not likable in the least bit. Like at least in most movies you have your unlikable characters, especially horror movies where you're rooting for them to die. That's like kind of the whole point of the movie, But right? there's at least one person. There's at least one person that's likable yes. or at least has some redeeming qualities. None. None. I'm just like, these just all like, seem oh, like horrible man. human beings. Right. Yeah, exactly. And just, they're stupid. Yes. And I know they're younger, but... No common sense. So, yeah, I had no vested interest in not even watching them die. I didn't even want to see that. It got so bad. And that sounds so weird to say, too. I was like, I just, I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I can't. I can't put myself through this. Yeah, it was just a, not not a good film. Not, not, not a good movie. I wish we could remember the name of it. It was like. It's bad for me to not watch it because even if something's really bad, I still want to know what happens. So I will watch something. Yeah. Most bad movies, it can be horrible. And I still want to know what happens. This, I was like, I don't care. It's so bad. I hate these characters that there is no interest whatsoever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just there was nothing. No redeeming qualities. Like I said, it. And, and and if somebody really wanted to be a jerk, they could take everything we just said about that out of context and be like, oh, they didn't want to see people die or they wanted to see people die or whatever. I've, that's like the formula for most horror movies. You have those, the people go to the movies because they want to see the Freddy or Jason, whoever the main villain is, Michael Myers, insert whoever here. Pick off the more unlikable characters. Yeah, yeah. that's like the kind of the whole thing. And then obviously at the end, the bad guy gets theirs because there's at least one or two characters that team up or whatever and they overcome the evil it's, i mean it's storytelling 101 but the whole this time, had none of that no and <laughs> then there the, was nothing there the that way was, they're building it with this bigfoot what's i think supposed to be bigfoot is like you just feel really bad for it and you're just like the poor thing and it was just really weird i didn't, I didn't feel that i did that's not that's not what i felt how could you feel anything you saw it for like 0.2 seconds because the <laughs> sound they so made like it was fast. crying Oh, okay. Just thinking if that's what it is, like they clip Bigfoot with their car and the thing's like howling in pain, crying. We've already spent like almost 10 minutes talking about this movie (laughs) that we only watched for maybe 10 minutes and then shut off. All right, moving on. We could, I guess, talk an hour about the first 10 minutes of this movie and why it was so bad. (laughs) I'm just going to let you go. I almost spit out my iced coffee. (laughs) The old spit take. At least it didn't come out my nose. <laughs> that's that's when you know you you've said or done something funny when you can actually get somebody to spit out something they were drinking. When I, I think I was twelve or thirteen, I was at our family friend. They um they they were a married couple and they were having like I think it was like their thirty or forty year wedding anniversary. Okay, and so we're there and it was at some function hall. There's a bunch of people there, and I was talking to my friend Spike. And I don't even remember what he said, but it was so funny. I had just taken a sip of Coca-Cola and he made me laugh and I shot it out my nose and it was so carbonated. It 
burn so bad. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, I, I I know that that's happened to me at some point. I can't remember the exact reason or whatever, but I know that's happened to me. And that, yeah, that yeah, it doesn't feel good. Having I, something shoot at your nose doesn't no. feel good, but when having a, it be carbonated. Yeah. No. When not I was good. a kid, I, I can't remember what the situation was, but I remember laughing so hard after drinking some milk, and milk started going out of my nose, and that was just that wasn't comfortable either. But it was kind of funny watching it flying out of my nose. <laughs> Thinking back on it now. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, memories. <laughs> Fun stuff. Again, Grace was Rhino. <laughs> yeah. This is bothering me now. I can't remember the name of this damn movie that we were talking about. Was it Whatever. like Exists? Maybe. Exists? Maybe. maybe. And, if, and if not, apologies to that movie because we, we don't want to mix up the two. I don't have my phone yeah, near me anywhere either. Yeah, so. you don't need it. You're fine. Anyway, yeah, so uh, we've been watching a lot of stuff, a lot of movies and what have you. So, what did we see? Uh, I just talked to you about it last night with the, with the the mattress and the and the glass of wine. Oh, the yes, or yes, yes, man. man with Jim Carrey. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a yeah, really cool movie. That was a fun movie. I thought that I'd seen it before, but watching it, I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Maybe I never saw this. Maybe I saw, I saw like, like a like, little part. Maybe of I it. saw a part of it or something. If it was on, you know, cable years mm-hmm. ago or something. But I watched the whole thing. I'm like, I don't remember any of this. But I thought it was kind of a neat concept. Yeah, not being so closed off to trying new things. Yeah, and I thought it illustrated really well some of the things that can happen if you say yes to something that you typically would say no to or find yourself saying no to. I thought it was kind of cool how they just showed possibilities. And I I didn't realize it, but I'm reading the IMDb trivia after, and that's based on like a true story. Like Hmm. there was, yeah, like whoever wrote the movie actually did that for a year. And like wrote a book about it and everything. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like, re- you know, read the book and kind of see what this person supposedly went through. It's got a, kind of a neat thing though, yeah. but what a cool concept. And I mean, there's some funny stuff. It's Jim Carrey. So of course he brings his over the top personality to the role and everything. But yeah, I thought it was really well done. Just kind of cool. Like it had a good message. It did. It was funny because part of the point was you have to say yes to everything. And if somebody asks you something, you have to say yes. And part of it is the universe will reward you if you do. But if you say no, the universe will punish you. So it it was kind of neat, but it also gets to the point of like good points being brought up. So, hey, give me all the money in your wallet. Sure. Here you go. So people could totally be taken advantage of. So good theory. Obviously, don't literally say yes to everything. But yeah, I think... Be open to saying yes more yeah. than saying no, I guess. But it's funny if you... Like, I read a lot of self-help stuff and, and listen to a lot of different podcasts like you know about business and things like that. So you have a lot of entrepreneurs, people talking about getting your mindset right for that kind of thing. And there's a lot of people who say, you have to say no more. Be comfortable with saying no. So it's weird how you get all these contradicting ideologies all the time i think part of that everything when you say yes to everyone you spread yourself too thin so as long and like people take advantage of you oh yeah Yeah. this person will always will help everyone move this person always gives people money if they need it even though they don't have it it's like i'll starve for a week if it means you know feeding everyone else for a day and it's about finding that balance i think because there are times you need to say no and stand up for yourself well that was at the end of the movie yeah stated that but be too. more open yeah. to life and if somebody invites you out take a chance and go out and have fun right and try more things yeah yeah so i thought yeah i like that i thought it was really cool and then we started doing all the marvel movies and what have you so we're doing we're trying to do all those in order of not not the release date but i guess how chronologically they're supposed to take place in the marvel universe in the marvel what is it? M- M- Marvel Cinematic Universe, MCU. Jeez. Yeah, so we're trying to watch them in that order, and it's pretty interesting. And our, we've got our three-year-old like sitting through most of these movies, oh which my is gosh. amazing. He loves Iron Man. Oh yeah. And it's the cutest thing. So he doesn't really talk much, and he started saying Iron Man, but he doesn't say Iron Man. He goes Iron Man, and he has like his little Iron Man toy, and he holds the toy and points at the TV, and he goes Iron Man. it's the cutest thing it's awesome and it's like doesn't really say much else but he says that and it's adorable yeah Yeah. 
so yeah that's that's kind of what we've been doing lately and uh anyway back to the undertaker yes back to the undertaker because that was kind of so what what were your first initial impressions when you watched I'm not going to go through like chronologically or anything, but what were some of your first thoughts after seeing like the first episode, for example? I just thought back to our WrestleMania conversation where we talked before the WrestleMania, we talked about favorite matches and I brought up The Undertaker. I had mentioned how he kind of his performance started going downhill towards the end of his career. And then it made me like realize like I kind of feel like a dick for saying that because you see all the crap that he was going through, all the injuries and everything. And I was like, now I feel really bad. Was I wrong performance-wise? No, because those things were brought to light. Some of it had nothing to do with him. It's just stuff that happened. But it just kind of brings those matches down. So I did kind of feel like a bit of a jerk. Okay. I don't have any feelings of uh, ill will towards myself. No, I just, what I mean is um, because I brought up how poor the performances were okay. and yeah, but then why you kind of understand why, why. But but now you know all of the yeah. details, but why would you, don't feel bad about it. There's I just no wondered, was I bad. too harsh? I don't think no, I was, but. I, no, if you're anybody, and I'm speaking strictly from, I'm speaking as somebody that used to do it. If you you're putting yourself out there to wrestle, to perform in front of a crowd, you have to be okay with the fact that sometimes you're not going to have a good night and you're not going to get everybody to like you universally. Nobody is universally liked. So you have to be ready to take any any criticism. I so The Undertaker was universally liked. No, not true. No? Oh, okay. No. I, I'll be honest with you. I was never the biggest Undertaker character like fan. Him? I liked him as a person. The, the very few interactions I ever had with him he but like watching wrestling, person. were you like, oh, I don't care for him? Or, yeah, I like him. I, no, not, I never really cared for him. I, like, I thought his character was cool when it first debuted back in 1992, I think it was, or 91. I, I, 91, I think. I thought it was a cool character, but it got kind of old for me quick. That's all. Hmm. But obviously the guy's awesome. But, you, I mean, everybody has people that they enjoy watching, people they don't really enjoy watching that much i didn't really gain an appreciation for him until probably maybe 20 2008 i think he had a match with was it batista i can't it was he had a match with either batista or edge at wrestlemania and i was like wow that was really good and then it was the following year that he had the match with the matches with Shawn michaels but yeah i wasn't really like a huge undertaker fan uh, I, I just never was. But watching the documentary, I'm like, he's a cool dude. You, can, I mean, obviously you could tell he's a cool person. He's a down-to-earth guy who really respected and loved the professional wrestling business that he literally gave his body and put his body through hell just to stay out there and perform for, for fans. Mm-hmm. So even for somebody like me who didn't really appreciate, he was still putting himself out there. So, I, 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 yeah, I mean, that's. Was there anything really surprising you thought you saw in that documentary? Yeah, the documentary itself. Surprised that he did actually that. like yeah. did that. Because he's been the one guy who protected his character and protected his business consistently ever since he started. Ever since he became that character and that persona. He's the guy that's consistently protected it. You never saw him at Hall of Fame ceremonies. You never saw him really out of character at all. You just didn't. And I think that's why he had, he made, obviously that's why he maintained that mystique and had that aura about him. So when he first came on social media, I think was it two or three years ago, he started like an Instagram and a Twitter account. Didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it was like two, maybe two years ago. And I, I was suck like, at finding people on social media. I was like, oh man, he's got social media now. Forget it. It's all done. That's it. Because he was like the last guy that didn't really have anything and didn't really, you never really heard him talk or comment on stuff. He was just the character. And I think that's why it was so 
what it was, you know, so special, especially the aura around him and his seeing him at WrestleMania every year, even after he lost and the streak and everything got broken. It just, he had, it was like the undertaker was like the main attraction of WrestleMania. Yeah. When you were talking about his Instagram, all I was thinking of is how great would it be if he got an Instagram and it was just pictures of different caskets. Sure. Cause yeah. he's the undertaker. Yeah. I would find the humor in it. Yes, yeah, that's a ha ha, funny, funny stuff. But yeah, that was that was my initial impression was I can't believe he actually, and and according to the documentary was his idea to do this whole thing because he thought that he was going into his final wrestling match WrestleMania appearance when he wrestled Roman Reigns mm-hmm. at whatever number WrestleMania that was a few years ago. I'm sorry, I don't even know what number they're on now. So that's why he, he was like, ah, I guess I'll document the last couple of days of my career. And then he ends up not having a match that he was proud of that mm-hmm. had a couple of couple of uh, spots in there that were a little bit messed up, mm-hmm. which come to find out is because... He was hurt, right? He, yeah, he needed a hip replacement. Yeah. So the dude was walking around. And I remember, I remember that match. Because he took off all his stuff after. He took off his hat, his gla- gloves, mm-hmm. yeah. his coat and everything, left them all in the ring. Kind of like symbolically saying, this is it. And I guess like the next day he went and had like a hip replacement surgery. And it, I remember there were a couple of things they'd show him walking to the ring, not while the match is happening, but like beforehand. And you see how he's limping. And you just think, wow, like he's got to be in so much pain. He was walking like that back in 2000 and 2001. So I can just imagine. And then going out wrestling like that. Yep. Never, you never saw the guy was hurt. He never let you, never let on. He remember when he got burned alive? When he's like walking to the ring and this power went off and like he literally burned second degree burns all over his chest. All over his chest and arms and everything. And he broke his foot. Um, It was the, was it? The Hell in the Cell match? Yes. It, no, with he, Mick Foley. He went in with a broken foot. His foot was broken oh, already. I, okay. And then he like crawled and like dropped into the ring from the top of the cage. But yeah, with a broken, broken foot. foot. <laughs> you never would. He's tough. You see, yeah, you see him like wince for like a, like literally like a split second if you're looking for it when it happens. And aside from that, you'd never know that he had a broken foot. Yeah, guys, guys, tough as nails. It's like I strive to be that. Tough. A man's man. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean. So yeah, I just I was really surprised that that he uh, had this thing happen. But then he yeah he has that fi- his quote unquote final match, and then sees his match with Roman Reigns several months later after going through rehab for his hip replacement and all that stuff. And he sees like all the you know the missed time spots and a couple of the botched spots and the moves and what have you. I'm trying to speak in terms that maybe the non wrestling fan would would understand. Excuse me. And he's he realizes that match was not that I don't want to go out with that being my last match. So then the wheels start turning, mm-hmm. and he wants to come back, and he wants to have another match. But he got in really good shape. He worked on he getting did. in better yes. shape too. And you start you see because the cameras were, have been following him around. You see everything he's doing to get in good shape. I mean, because oh, yeah. I remember watching. He came back when I'm like, we were both like, wow, he lost weight. He looks good. Well, I mean, come to find out, and these are the things that a lot of people, nobody thinks about, but again, when you're in the public eye, nobody thinks about the stuff that's happening when you're not in front of a camera or in front of an audience or whatever. We didn't, we didn't know the guy was walking around with a bum hip and like a bum knee and everything, you know, we don't, you don't know. I mean, you, you have a sense and an idea that, yeah, this guy's probably hurting because he's old or whatever, but you don't really think about that. You just see what's in front of you and what's presented to you. You don't really think about the background story to any of it. So when, yeah, when, when he showed up and he was in really good shape, it's like, holy crap, he busted his ass and got in yeah. shape. And apparently he'd been consistently working out all along, but you obviously, if you're in so much pain with a, with a hip that needs replacing. If uh, you're in so much pain with any never, kind of injury. Yeah, anything. Makes working not, out very difficult. Oh yeah, yeah, tough, laborious, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought I thought that was really uh really interesting that he allowed this to happen, but he thought it was all done and then yeah. he get he sees that la- his quote unquote last match and he's not happy. 
Mm-hmm. So he now is not content with being retired with calling it quits and he wants to come back for another match. And it it's almost like this big kind of okay, now this is my last match or this might be my last match. It's like you just never know. And one of the things he said uh was like Vince if but you know, I'm not around but if you need me, I'll be there for you. And you see the relationship between The Undertaker and Vince McMahon. And I can't help but wonder, like, did you feel like Vince McMahon absolutely took advantage of that, knowing, like, well, if I need somebody, I can use him? Or do you think it was a, I'm really in a stuck spot and this is the only guy who can do the job when you call him? I think that Vince McMahon is the smartest person businessman in pro wrestling he understands how to do business and he's going to use whatever tools he has at his disposal and the undertaker said i'm done but if you need me when you leave that kind of uh, an opening instead of just being like nope done i'm done like Shawn michaels did for so many years when you leave that door open of course he's going to take advantage of it. He's a smart businessman. He knows people will pay to see The Undertaker. He knows The Undertaker's like the only attraction he has left, really. So, of course he's going to take advantage of it. But I don't think that that's a bad thing. That's Vince being smart and Vince being no, I get, Vince. I think it's very smart. But what I was saying is just like on a human level. Not at all. Not. I mean, but, it, I mean, again, that that's just... Because I'm not, I'm not looking at it from a human level. I'm looking at it from a business level. Yeah. Because we're talking about business. We're not talking about life and death situations. I mean, they could be. They could end up being that. You know, accidents happen and what have you. But it's a business situation. We're talking about the professional wrestling business. And yeah, there's a human element to it, obviously. But it's the decision to mm-hmm. use somebody that is saying, hey, I'm I'm done. I don't want to be doing this anymore. But if you and, need and, me, and that's that to me is saying I'm I'm not really done. And that's kind of what I wanted to say is if you're done and you say, but if you really need me, you're either doing it because you're a super people pleaser. And even though you don't want to do it anymore, you look at it like, but I'll do it because I really care about you and under, like I, I want to help you out. I want to be a good person and help you. Or two, you say, I'm done, but if you need me, like if for like really bad, if you're stuck, you're saying that because, yeah, what you just said, you're not really done. Like you're done, but. But you're not shutting that door. Exactly. You're not closing that door. Exactly. And, like and I would say because I, I was a people pleaser, but I think he said it because the door wasn't quite ready. Leave it just to crack. Yeah, and I, th- I think he, he probably, he mentioned that too. But yeah, that's the thing. It's, he didn't want to shut that door and that's fine. That's totally fine. But to, and again, I mean, we don't know. We saw what was presented to mm-hmm. us in, in clips and stuff. like. That. We didn't see like entire conversations. We obviously didn't hear phone conversations between the two or anything like that. Yeah. So you don't, you don't know what's said behind closed doors. We just know what, what we see, what's presented to us. I so. did like seeing that side. I don't know why. I like when I see Vince McMahon smile and not like the like, regular like oh i just got some money kind of smile but that truly like you can tell he's happy smile yeah i love seeing when he smiles like that i think i just love when anyone like genuinely yeah yes yeah i'm I'm with you there but i feel like you don't see that a lot like that kind of smile no because because he and he gets a bad rap especially nowadays i hear a lot of or see a lot of people just crapping all over vince and wwe for a million different reasons and I'm not going to get into them all but he's you could tell like you said when you see those genuine moments you could tell the guys got cameras around him all the time as you see by this documentary there's cameras backstage filming stuff all the time that was a genuine thing like you could tell those guys really really like love each really, other yeah. like they're, they're close like they're, there's a brotherhood there there's a bond and you could tell he was really appreciative and concerned for the guy's well-being what WrestleMania was it? The one where he lost the streak to Brock Lesnar, where he got the really bad concussion. Yeah. Vince left after Undertaker's match because Undertaker had to go to the hospital. Vince went to the hospital with him in the middle of WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year. He left and went with him. Mm-hmm. I never knew that story. 
I didn't know that till the documentary. I was like, and wow. it's funny because part of me is like, if Vince really cared, he'd go with him. And then I was like, he did. Oh, good, because that that's awesome. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think Vince. And I know he can't do that for everybody, but if you truly have that strong bond and relationship, yeah. you can't. Well, that's the and that's the thing that kind of sucks too. Is you see everybody nowadays paints everything with a broad brush. Nobody breaks stuff down to minutia and just looks at individual cases and circumstances. Everything's painted with a broad brush. So you hear, oh, Vince is a jerk and Vince is this and that. But then you also hear the other extreme of that. And I'm sure that if somebody, if you went and asked enough people about us, we might get some people that don't think too highly of us. Yeah. And you might get other people that think, wow, and we And maybe they them. have good reason too, you know. Right. Some You're never going to please everybody. Some people just rub each other everybody. the wrong way. Yeah. But I, I just, <laughs> so, I like seeing those moments where like, you see happiness and you see like, especially with Vince McMahon, because he does get such a bad rap. It's like, I love finding the good in people. And when you hear those things and you see that, it's like, there is good. It's there. It's just not always easy to find. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think Vince took advantage of him. I think he did whatever Mark Calloway, the undertaker was comfortable with. Because Vince can ask him to come back and do a match, and he doesn't have to say yes. True. So uh, that's another part of it. Vince can he can go. Oh, I've got Undertaker in my back pocket. I'm going to use him. Undertaker doesn't have to say yes. Mm-hmm. That is true. So he's he's to the point now in his career where if he said no, I, pff, what's Vince going to say? Well, you have to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the guy, the guys, he's been he's been around long enough. He's had enough injuries and everything else that he could say no I'm, i don't i'm all done I'm it not still blew me away like what with, you said with all of his injuries yeah watching him work out seeing what he was doing it was awesome because he's getting older he's what in his 50s yeah i think he's in his mid 50s yeah and he's had a tough life when you think of all the injuries he's had how he how much he worked it's very physical and the fact he could do everything he was doing, it's like, wow. I was really impressed. Yeah, I mean, I've said it all the time. The human body is an amazing thing. We don't give enough credit to ourselves as human beings for what we can endure, what we can put our bodies through. Mm-hmm. We don't. We're capable of amazing things. We've just been so coddled and so domesticated now that we all, you know, the slightest thing, eh, I got to go to the ER. You know, but th- but you know, seriously though. So yeah, seeing him work out, yeah, awesome. I don't feel bad for him, in the sense that just because he's got injuries, that's the life he chose. Yeah. I don't ask for any sympathy from anybody with any issues that I'm going through. It's the life I chose. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was getting into. I was told when I was 19 years old in the back of a car driving to uh, my first wrestling show. I was told, "Get ready. You know, you're. This is a life of." pain that you're that you're starting you sure you want to do this and i said yeah and i remember i had a really sore knee and my knee was killing me and this is at 19 and i remember just being cramped in the back of a car and all i wanted to do was straighten up my leg and i couldn't and i just remember sitting there being like and and then that the person that was in the car with me saying that to me and i said yeah okay so you know what you're signing up for when you get yeah. into pro, or at least you should know what you're signing up for when you're getting into pro wrestling. You're not going to feel good. It is what it is. But yeah, seeing him doing his workouts and stuff, I was like, wow, yeah, he's still kicking ass. And it's motivating. Yeah, it is. It's 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 encouraging to see that just because he wasn't on TV every week or whatever, that he was motivated enough to maintain just for his own health. Yeah. Not just get, you know, rest on his laurels and get lazy. It's just kind of, a, it's it's encouraging to see. Absolutely. Now, do you think with the way it ended, did you think like, okay, so he's done or he's not done? Like what impression did you get? He's not done. He's not done. He'll be back. And And I think if there was any time for him to be done, it would be now, especially with all the, situation with uh, whatever nonsense is going on in the world and mm-hmm. you can't can't hold live events and things like that if i'm him 
I say, why would I come back to, I mean, that's the biggest part of a, of a live show is the, the audience. That's what the performers feed off of. The audience feeds off itself, the energy. That's why people go to live events and things like that. At least that was for me. You go to be part of a crowd and an experience. Why would you go and put yourself through the hell this guy puts himself through for no audience reaction, not getting that His interaction? Match, WrestleMania match with AJ Styles. So that was awesome. And if he did more yeah. things like that, I'd be, I would be interested. I'd be interested in seeing it, but you, he said it himself on the documentary. You would think that this would be easy, but he was up. They shot that match. Yeah. It was like a 20-minute match. They were shooting it all night because yeah. it was like a cinematic style Not to mention did. the call he got. Was it like the night before? Yeah, but I mean, leaving that aside, yeah. just the fact that he gets warmed up, they go through, they start doing and stuff, and then they got to stop, preset stuff up. He's standing around. He's cooling off. He's getting cold. That is hell. Well, oh, absolutely. That is hell. You get all warmed up, then you cool down, then you expect remember, to get right up again. Remember when his arm went through the glass? And I was like, is that a piece of glass stuck in his arm? And then, of course, it's like not thinking because you get so into it. Like, oh, yeah, they're taking bits because I was watching his arm like, oh, it doesn't look as bad now. It's like, yeah, it was a piece of glass like stuck in his arm. They were pulling it out. Yeah, that was legit glass. I, I thought it was, oh, oh, that's cool. They're doing blood. It was a legit thing. I thought when we first saw the match, like, oh, they're doing fake blood and stuff too. Okay, that's that's cool. You well, know, usually because they have a special glass that just breaks easily. Yeah. Well, that that was actually real. He really did cut himself, according to the documentary. Maybe maybe they're working us. Maybe the documentary, maybe. who knows? Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> right. But I just thought it was funny because yeah, here yeah. I am thinking like, okay, well, what's happening? Not realizing they're like doing in between takes. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that's a compliment that I was that I was having that much fun with that match. Yeah. yeah. It, it was it was well done. I mean, yeah. it's not everybody's cup of tea, but for what it was, for the circumstances and the situation they were put into, I thought it was I thought it was well done. It was entertaining for me anyway. Like I said, not everybody's cup of tea, but True. I thought it was good. But yeah, no, if you listen to him talk about that whole thing. I don't think that would be a better experience for him to do that every I'm not year. saying a better experience for him. I'm just saying for the people watching. Like, oh, I don't care about Undertaker. I'm not saying I don't care. <laughs> I was just saying I care it about was my cool entertainment, to watch. <laughs> it was. It was definitely well done. It was very entertaining. I agree with you. But yes, as you were, were starting to say, he got a, a phone call. Right before they started filming that match, was it? Uh, was it the day before? It was the. I think. The, I think or they were. The day he, they of? were driving to film it or something like something that. Something like that. And he got a call from his niece that her father, his brother, had had a heart attack and had passed away. So that was pretty. It's pretty sad. I can't even imagine. Because I, I, no. I would be like, I need to go. I need to be with my family. The fact that he stayed and did all of that. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, could they, could, if he wanted to reschedule it, I'm sure they definitely could have, yes. But you're there. You're not close by. This just happened. You're going to have time to go and be there for services and to see family and things yeah, like that. I get that, but most, I think most people... Would have been like, sorry, everyone, I need to go. And it says so much about him that with everything, like looking mm -hmm. at all the little parts of it. Yeah. Could he, could he stay? Yes. And he still, he went and he filmed that and spent all those hours doing that. And like you said, it was exhausting. You know, you warm up, then you cool down and you're waiting and maybe yep. it kept his mind occupied, but. Yeah, it, it just says so much about his character. Well, yes, and I mean, anybody really from that generation of pro wrestling, that's a generation that's gone now. That was what you did. Didn't matter what happened. You you were, your, the road was your life. You were on the road. That was it. And it would have to be something really drastic or severe to pull you off the road. Not only is he on the road, theoretically you know using that 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 uh mentality mm -hmm. but he's 
doing the biggest match of the it's year. It's WrestleMania. So using that old school mentality, I would think that's probably what his mind's... I, again, I'm not him. I, he didn't say, but I'm guessing that's the mindset that he had. I mean, I don't know how many birthdays and things I missed when I was wrestling, and I was just doing it on the weekends for the most part for, for the longest time. But I would still make that my priority because that's what I wanted to do, and I knew you had to make sacrifices to get to a certain level. And then when you got to that next level, you were going to have to make even more sacrifices. That was the life. That's what I chose and what I wanted to do. I was comfortable with those sacrifices. Until you met me. Yeah. You're so proud of yourself. But that's not, I mean, that's not wrestling now. Now wrestling is completely different. It's completely changed and nobody cares about anything other than themselves. When you said missing birthdays. Yeah. One of the things I had brought up to you that popped in my head was Undertaker's family. Mark Calloway's family. Yep. You see his wife, Michelle, Michelle McCool, who was a professional wrestler in the WWE as well, and their daughter. But, he has other children from previous marriage. So none of that was brought up. And I, I kind of felt like, I don't know, maybe because they didn't want to be a part of it. I, nobody knows. But I thought it would have been nice just to see that dynamic of not just when he says his family, his current wife and that one child, but like all of his children. Well, I think the reason he's saying that they're talking about the current child, and I don't know for sure, don't quote me i don't know for sure but i presume his other children are all grown up now so what are you going to film with them they're not they don't live with him I, again i don't know his previous relationships yeah, i just know i know like, he has other don't kids know the, i don't know yeah, how many you don't know the relationship he's It'd been be a cool very to private guy like, yeah to see that too like with the other kids that was all like oh I thought he had other kids, so like yeah, none yeah, of that's mentioned. Yeah, but they're grown up, so what's the point? Are all of them grown up? I, w- I would assume that none of them live with him, so I think they were at least, I, I think, like I said, I don't know the yeah. man's personal, he was very private all these years, yeah. he protected his his gimmick, his character and everything, but so I don't know. I'm curious, but. like was it like they wanted to be private, he wanted to keep them private, it's just because... These were the things I was thinking of. I'm while sure I was he watching. wanted to keep it private because who wants to hear about the Undertaker and his wife and kids? Back then, anyway, especially back then when wrestling was at least at a little bit more protected. I'm just saying, if you're doing a documentary, can you get every single aspect of everybody's life into a documentary? I'm sure there was a lot of things they wanted to talk about, but they can't put everything into the documentary. They got to cut some stuff out. Wow, and I was you, trying to and say. And again, like, what are you gonna what are you gonna get out of seeing his grown children interact with him? I, sharing a beer together with his son, if he has one. Like, I don't know what you're looking for. Okay, I'll just never mind. No, I'm 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 just saying. What are you gonna just get because out of I know it? he has other kids, okay. so I didn't know if they were gonna be a part of it at all. And then I wonder, is it because they didn't want to do it? He didn't want them doing it, or it was because WWE thought, oh. Both of our wrestlers are married and they made a kid. Let's just focus on that. I was just wondering. Okay. Well, you know I, how I, my mind goes 80 billion different places. All right. I don't I don't have the answer for you. I, I don't know, know what the don't answer have the is. Answer. I was just sharing with our listeners. These are the things I thought of. And I had brought it up to you. Maya was yelling at me. Because you don't listen. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What, what, uh, what, what, for you, what was the, I don't want to say most surprising thing, but was there anything that maybe shocked you or that you were like, really like, whoa, like kind of took you back? So I guess surprising is probably the best way to describe it. Was there anything that really surprised you? Not so much. I think understanding how injured he was. Not knowing that, you know, like they're injured, but not knowing the extent of it, that every year after WrestleMania, he goes and has a surgery for something. That sucks to have to do that. Obviously, he chose that life, but it's like, wow, he has WrestleMania match, gets surgery, takes like a vacation or something, and he's back at it, getting ready for the next WrestleMania. Yeah. 
pretty crazy. It is. I was going to say it's crazy. So there was that. Nothing else really shocked me, but it was very interesting because, like I've said, I've always been an Undertaker fan. And to get to see that different part of his life was really neat. Just getting some insight towards things. Yeah, definitely. It was it was very, very interesting. It was very, very eye-opening in a lot of respects, I guess. And just, again, you 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 get that other aspect of not just injuries, but also like psychological, emotional stuff that people are dealing with too that a lot of, nope, most people don't take into consideration when they're passing judgment or making an observation or decision. You don't really think about, well, what's going on in this person's life other than wrestling so yeah yeah it was very i thought it was very well done and i thought for me i thought he came across really well and like i said i've had a couple interactions with him many many years ago and he was always cool always just like a nice down-to-earth guy it's like everything that you heard people say about him in the documentary that was what he was and that was like in his i guess prime peak heyday mm-hmm. back in like the early 2000s uh, anytime I had any interactions with him and nicest guy nicest guy he seems like he just seems like a nice person yeah he was really cool um I was on uh, I was a WWE extra on Smackdown when they were doing the build-up to WrestleMania 17 and it was the Undertaker against Triple H it was was the big match uh, for those two guys that year and I was used as a, uh, I played a police officer. It was weird. It was like a convoluted storyline where I was a police officer, but I wasn't really a police officer. I was Triple H's friend who dressed up as a police officer to arrest the Undertaker and get him handcuffed so Triple H could beat up his brother Kane in the ring in front of him and then hit him in the head with a sledgehammer. That was like this whole thing they filmed a bunch of the stuff but they call them pre-tapes a bunch of little backstage kind of vignettes and whatever explaining all this stuff and myself and the other three guys that were the extras we all had to arrest the undertaker in backstage and it, it was just it was just funny you know and of course th- this is being taped it was a tuesday night but it was for a show that was airing on that coming thursday so we're in the back and they're filming live because there's a crowd obviously and they're airing things on the big screen to the crowd they're showing them what the tv viewer would be seeing if they're watching at home and so that they can react and know what's going on and so we're in the back and there's a match going on with triple h and kane in the ring and the undertaker's in the back handcuffed, arrested with all of us watching him, us police officers, my fingers in quotes. And, you know, in between cutting to us, he would just kind of make little one-off jokes and stuff just to make us feel welcome at home because we're all just like, it's the Undertaker. You know, what are you going to say? And plus you're obviously in the middle of of doing business, of, of do you know, shooting something. But... Obviously, when it would cut back to the ring and the TV viewer would be watching what's going on in the ring, and the camera's not on us, he'd be making jokes and stuff like that. He's just really laid back, funny guy. We're all just like, oh, okay, well, this is kind of cool. He's disarming us a little bit, kind of getting us to not be so tense, which is, you know, needed. And then when we get out, there, there's a part where he gets up because he's so mad at what's going on in the ring, and he's even with his hands cuffed, walks over and, and just like beats all of us up and leaves and runs to the ring handcuffed, gets in the ring to try to stop Triple H from beating up his brother. And we all hit the ring again and we all tackle him and get him down. And and I'm the guy that who's in the corner and I've got him kind of like in a headlock uh, uh, sitting on the bottom rope. And we're just like kind of sitting there and we just start having a conversation. I'm like, so how's it going? He's like, hey man, I'm all right. How are you? I'm like, I'm doing good, doing good. This is pretty cool. He goes, yeah, it is pretty cool. You get used to it, but it's awesome. It's And I'm just like, yeah. He goes, all right, you're going to let me up in a bit, right? Like, yeah. He goes, okay. Keep an eye on Triple H. He's going he's gonna to give you the he's gonna give you the Iggy. I'm like, okay. The Iggy's like the signal for what's coming next. I'm like, all right. All right, cool. And then uh, that was it. He gets up. He gets hit in the head with a sledgehammer. He's bleeding all over the place. And 
you know, whatever, whatever else happens. And then when we get to the back, he had to get stitched up. So he's getting stitched up by the doctor and this doctor, it's not like how they have now, how they have like a whole medical crew and team on hand. It was just whoever was in the arena that night. And he's kind of stitching him up and the doctor saying to him, oh man, he really got you good with that sledgehammer, huh? Doctor's thinking this is legit. And Undertaker is playing along with with the doctor like, yeah, he got me good. But but I've got I got him better. I've gotten him better in the past. You know, whatever, going back and forth. But he's really like working this doctor. And he just looks over at me and Bob, my friend Bob was one of the guys, Bob Evans. And he just kind of looks at us. Doctor like looks away for a second. Taker like swings his head, looks at us, gives us a wink and like kind of like a half smile. And we're just like, you know, trying not to laugh because we're trying to keep up the the work of the doctor. So it was just pretty funny, pretty, pretty cool. Awesome. And like I said, yeah, just a cool We guy. have to put up a link to that. We have to find it on YouTube and put up a link. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. We, yeah. we should I'll, find I'll it. I'll try and find it. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the doctor thing is something that happened off camera. That was not something that was No, filmed, I know, but, but for the actual, like, that part of the match. Sure, yeah. Yeah. You can't see us talking, obviously, but yeah, we're... <laughs> obviously, I just want people to see <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, I see guess. See what you're talking about yeah. in a sense. But yeah, that was, uh, and then the other thing, uh, my good friend, my, my best friend for many years worked in WWE and he always used to talk about just how Taker was the guy that you listened to. Everybody listened to him. He had a problem. You went to him, anything you would go to him. He was like the locker room leader. That's what they called him. And that's, I guess what they still call him now. So yeah, he was just always a cool guy. He seems like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what you see is what you get. As far as I know, like like I said, I, I I'm not like good friends with him or anything, not by any stretch. But yeah, just mm-hmm. a really cool guy. So it was really cool seeing that side of him. And like I said, I was very surprised that he allowed it to happen. What a good note to end the show on. Oh. Oh, are we ending? Are we done? Yeah. So do you think he's done? You think he's all done? Never say never. Yeah, that's what I say too. I never say never. Like, I, I want him to be never. happy and enjoy his life. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, the, the underlying theme of the, yeah, of the whole thing like, is, is this guy going to be able to leave mm-hmm. and not be Part of me that wants that to happen anymore. just for his own happiness. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. Is it cool seeing The Undertaker come back every year? Oh, selfishly, yeah. yeah, of course. And just because he does it so well. Yeah. And obviously the production value of WWE and everything, it, it always it's always so just top notch that yeah, you get lost in it and it's exciting to see, but yeah, I hope for the guy's sake, just for his, his health and well being, and for, and for his family too, that he's, he's calling it quits. That's my hope for him anyway. But again, it doesn't matter what any of us want. It's, you got to be okay with the decision yeah. to step away. So it's all his choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have it be his choice than something happen where it can't be a choice anymore. It, it, right. Exactly. It's always good if you walk away on your own terms and mm-hmm. and you're not forced out Definitely. for sure. So, yeah, that was that. The Undertaker, The Last Ride on WWE Network. If you haven't watched it, oh, it's so worth getting the yeah, network for. It's, it, it really is, even if you're not like a wrestling fan or if you were a wrestling fan and fell off and... But you like the Undertaker. But you, like, but you remember or like the Undertaker. Even if you didn't like the Undertaker, it's it's real. You're gonna like the Undertaker by the time it's done. At least I think so, because it was yeah. I mean, just really well done. Very very cool. Yeah. Now, uh, you got anything else uh, you want to mention or talk about before we start closing out the show? Let me think. Uh, we're recording this tonight. We're gonna watch uh, Karen Rontowski, last week's guest. She has a psychic uh, stand up comedy show uh airing tonight it's like a live interactive thing so we're staying up past our bedtime so we'll be able to let everyone know how it was the following week yeah 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 and hmm yeah go to her website um and buy the reusable straws and get some shungite stickers for your cell phone do yourself the favor and support a wonderful person Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what about us? If people want to find or interact with us, us, where can they find us on social media? Well, they can certainly find us on Twitter at Homewrecker Pod. 
Uh, see, I messed it up you again. Screwed it up again. Not screwed it up again. Two weeks in a row. Screwed it up. <laughs> We're shaking things up. Good grief. Instagram. <laughs> Home Record Podcast. We have a website too, don't we? We do. Homerecordpodcast.com. Wow. And yeah. buy a shirt if you can. Please support us. Please yeah, we thank you. We appreciate that, yeah. of course. And we're on iTunes, so you can subscribe or anywhere you get a pod. You get a podcast. You listen to a podcast. Yes, <laughs> please hit the subscribe and leave us a five star rating as please. well. We we appreciate you. that. We do. Those are starting to slowly climb up, yes. so that's really cool to see. Thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. And anything else? You can watch us on Brighty On. And YouTube. Yes. Yes, you can. So subscribe and like our videos on there. Please. Please and thank you. Yes. Yes. So, now that I've completely screwed up the close of the show, until next time. I am. I had to think about it for a second. (laughs) Who am I? What am I doing? I, I'm totally off now. I've screwed up the entire show. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Ariana. Sure about that? Joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous. Trying to throw me off. Feisty, now just laughing uncontrollably. Trophy wife. I was wondering if you were going to throw, like, still say, like, the nice stuff or throw anything else in there. I was curious. I was trying to stay on target. Okay. Well, we're off target anyway. Try, trying to stay so. on message. What's another thing I can say here? I was trying to just, it's my trophy wife. I'm crying out loud. Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. <laughs>